The following podcast contains spoilers for modern times. You have been warned! What's up, everybody, and welcome back to another episode of KFR News Radio. This is your host, Glenjamin Button, along with your host, Miguel Megusto. Hello, Glenjamin. Welcome back mm-hmm. to the first uh, episode that doesn't have Roman numerals for the number, because frankly, I got tired of it 30 numbers ago, but... Yeah, I mean, it's, it just became a lot, and people were confused. Yeah. I was trying to make it to 100, and, and we now, did it. Uh, so we did it. Yeah. We're good boys now. Yeah, but how you doing? I'm doing good, my man. I'm just living the Vita Loca. Mm-hmm, you know mm-hmm. what I'm saying? We just I do had, know what you're saying. We just had a nice little kind of break from uh, from everything, and now we can just swell back on in. It was I'm a excited. break, but more work for me than yeah, usual. Yeah, it's a lot of work for you, but let me tell you, a little break for me. <laughs> yeah, that's fine. I'm, I'm glad that I've given you a break. Mm-hmm. Uh, but uh, let's, let's catch up, shall we? Uh, just for, as a heads up, since it has been two weeks since we've done catch up and news and all that. Mm-hmm. We'll probably take a little bit longer on those, but it's yeah. fine. It's going to be fun. We're going to have a good time now. So a lot of a lot of news yeah. in the last uh, two weeks, and we might we might miss a few things, but I yes. think uh, I think we're going to cover at least a, a good portion of the bases. Yeah. I think. Uh, so without any further ado, Glenjamin Button, what movies have you seen Ooh. since March twenty third? All right. Well, it's, uh, here we go. You ready? Mm-hmm. All right. So I've watched Palm Springs. Mm. I've watched If Anything Happens, I Love You. Mm. Uh, also, Mike, just a, just also a heads up. That's also a statement I'm saying to you. Um, <laughs> Gladiator. I rewatched it, by the way, not just yeah. watched it for the first time. Dazed and confused. Boogie Nights. Uh, because for some reason I was just like in that like like 80s 90s realm for uh, for a minute there. Uh, Audrey, which was a documentary about Audrey Hepburn. Mm-hmm. Uh, Dante's Inferno, which for some reason I had like a nostalgic feeling, and I was like, you know what, I'm gonna watch this thing that I know exists. She should have stayed in the boat. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Uh, then Godzilla vs Kong. You and I saw that together. Yes, we um, did. Not only were there two giant monsters fighting, but there was two giant monsters uh, having two hearts in the car on the way there, just like loving each other. <laughs> um, Miles Davis, another documentary. I got, I got after Godzilla. I got into documentaries a lot, so we're about mm-hmm. to hit a bump here, which is pretty hilarious. Miles Davis, Birth of the Cool, uh, which I actually watched on Easter for for some reason. Like we were all just waiting for dinner to be made, and I'm like, you know what? To watch Miles Davis, yeah, uh, and then after that, Quincy, which was a another documentary. Um, actually, Rashida Jones uh, directed this one. Well, it's His, about her dad. So, so that was like a really cool thing to uh, to see. Like, the, you can definitely see the heart in it and everything like that. Definitely, yeah. Um, and then after that, I watched I Am Not Your Negro, which was a fantastic movie. It's such a great documentary. It, Abs- I, it is a it's, fantastic it's film. Very, very, very impactful. Yeah. Um, and as you and like you could see now, like I'm moving from documentary to just like straight getting into the civil rights stuff, mm-hmm. and like I've just been like, you know, mind blown by all of it and just like everything that they went through and like people back then and just I just had to keep watching. And yeah. then uh, after that, I watched the two killings of Sam Cooke, which I knew about Sam Cooke, but I didn't know a lot about Sam Cooke, mm-hmm. and this kind of blew my mind uh, watching this. Um, what a what a great man! Is that a documentary or yes yes uh, okay. another documentary? And then after that, believe it or not, another documentary called "What Happened 
Miss Simone. Uh, mm. Yes, which uh, which was a documentary about Nina Simone. Um, I have never really heard of her until I watched this. But she was a great artist. She was very uh, very adamant about the civil rights and very. Uh, she's more like uh, Malcolm X than you know. Uh, you know, most people were. She was very like. I'm going to beat people's asses for this shit that's going on. <laughs> and she was a very, very strong woman, and yeah. her career kind of like dwindled down at a certain point because of all all of this stuff. But it was a really good documentary. And then last but not least, I watched Modern Times with Charlie Chaplin. We will get into that in a hot yes. little bit. But Miguel I got me a, with it, Daddy I got a question for you. Mm-hmm. Am I you? Are you me? Are you me? Because you watched a me amount of movies. Yeah. And I watched a you on a good week amount of movies. Yep. A, a good week times two or three, however many weeks it's been <laughs> since we've done this. Uh, so in total, three, four, five. I watched nine movies in total since our last, uh, like, official episode. Um, yeah, I yeah. watched 14. <laughs> and until this weekend, it was it was only three. Holy um, crap. So, yeah, I, I really did not watch that much this week. Are you, um, you a busy boy. Or busy, this, busy this boy. past few weeks, yeah. Uh, so the first one I watched was Nobody uh, with uh, Bob Odenkirk. Mm-hmm. It's kind of that uh, John Wick meets middle-aged dad film. Mm-hmm. Uh, really enjoyed it. I thought it was really well made and, and uh, you know, it's it's a fun movie. It's it's nothing. It's very satisfying. That that is the word that when uh, John Clark asked me what I thought of it, I said satisfying. It is satisfying. one of the most satisfying movies I saw. You love to hear it. Yeah, RZA's in it. If you like RZA, I do uh, like RZA. Christopher Lloyd is in it uh, mm-hmm. for a hot minute. You know, it's it's just a fun movie. It doesn't doesn't take itself too seriously. Uh, and it's got great action sequences and Bob Odenkirk kicks ass. So literally. Uh, yeah, exactly. Uh, then I watched Never Let Me Go, which is a movie that I've, n- not lying, have gotten from Netflix DVD mm-hmm. uh, four times and have sent it back three times w- without watching it just because I wasn't in the mood. Yeah. I got it back a fourth time and said, I need to watch it this time. <laughs> you know what? They, they always say fourth time's the charm. Yeah. Uh, so I wa- it's it's really good. Uh, it's, um, you know, it's a little slow moving, which is fine. It's a little different than what I expected. Mm-hmm. Uh, found out it is written by Alex Garland, who did Annihilation, which we referenced Ooh. not that long ago, and uh, Ex Machina and Devs, the the miniseries. Yeah. Um, and it definitely has that vibe, so I highly suggest Never Let Me Go. Okay. Uh, then I watched a South Korean film called Crying Fist. It's a film about boxing, kind of like Warriors, only they're not brothers. It's two down on, on their luck yeah. boxers kind of working their way. Uh, to gain respect. Uh, I know this is hearsay and and blasphemy when we're so close to Philadelphia. I enjoyed it more than Rocky. You disgust me. I'm sorry. I'm going to spit on with you my, with, on you with my aftermath cheesesteak. I feel like if you watch it, you'll agree cuz Oh, it, I don't doubt that. Uh, <laughs> now it is it's 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 it has not been preserved the greatest. It was yeah. shot on digital in the early 2000s. And has not been preserved as well as other digital films from that age. Okay. So the quality is not great. But the story is is really good. And, and it's uh, it's got the, um, the main actor from Old Boy. He's one of the actors in it. Yeah. Uh, or one of the boxers in it. It's just a really well-made film. Mm-hmm. I highly suggest it if, if anyone can uh, find it. Because it's no longer on Criterion Channel. That um, makes me wicked sad. It'll probably come back. Yeah. Uh, then we'll watch Godzilla vs. Kong. Which... Mm-hmm. 
I liked more than you, which is fine. Very but. much. <laughs> uh, then I rewatched Get Duked, one of our uh, Stony nominations, just because mm-hmm. I like it. It's a fun movie. I still have to get on it. Yeah, you do have to get on it because I, I think it's a, uh, you know, a little uh, um, a controversy here. Maybe should have been part of a three-way tie instead of a two-way tie. <laughs> well, there's always, well, I would like to say next year, but there's yeah, always, no, it, let's no. go back in time and say this year. <laughs> <laughs> uh, then I watched Barb and Star go to Vis- Vista Del Mar, which is a Christian Wig film. Mm-hmm. Uh, the film overall is okay. It's one of those you'll either love the humor or hate it. I, um, I, I liked the humor, but it kind of bored me. Yeah. Uh, but... The most important thing, it it felt like everyone had fun while making it, and that is the most important thing when say, you that's, do that's a that huge kind part. of film. Yeah, when you do a, a comedy like that, if everyone if it feels like everyone's having fun, then it it, tr- it trans uh, transfers to the audience. Mm-hmm. So I had fun watching. It just wasn't as great. Yeah, that's good. As at least. I was hoping. Yeah, then I watched Modern Times. We'll get that in, into to that in a minute. Then I watched French Exit uh, with Michelle Pfeiffer and Lucas Hedges. Uh, it's a dark comedy that was darker than I thought it would be, but mm-hmm. like in, in a good way. Um, like it was never just like, oh my God, this is super dark. It always had humor in the dark moments, uh, unlike other dark comedies where it gets serious at times. Okay. And uh, yeah, I really enjoyed it. Michelle Pfeiffer's fantastic in it. It's kind of. She usually is, that yeah, woman. That yeah, nice lady. It, it's very dry throughout, so if you do check it out, just to, it, like it's it's a monotoned movie, but it works. Yeah. Uh, so highly suggest people check out French Exit. Then I watched The Great Escape, uh, Steve McQueen film, um, uh, uh, and also uh, Richard Attenborough, who uh, is the the scientist billionaire owner guy in Jurassic Park. Mm-hmm. Uh, he he plays one of the main characters as well. It is based on a true story of uh, prisoners of war, British, American, Scottish uh, prisoners of war breaking out of a, a, a Nazi prisoner of war camp yep. in, in World War II. Uh, and it is a little fun fact. It is the inspiration for Chicken Run. So <laughs> if you've Very seen... Excellent film. <laughs> yes. If you've seen Chicken Run before this, you will notice the uh the similarities and it's uh if you've seen this before chicken run watch chicken run because it's a fun little parody with uh cartoon chickens mm-hmm. or you know clay chickens that are animated yeah, uh, the, but the i great, the great escape is one that's been sitting in my netflix uh queue for a yeah, long time i highly suggest it, it is a it's long so yeah be in for the, but it is a really well-made film and still mm-hmm. holds up so many years later um so yeah, highly suggest that. That is all I watched this these past few weeks. So let's jump into news. Yeah. Uh, do you want to go first or should I? Uh, we can go back and forth if you want. Okay. Well, um, I'll, you have more, so I'll let you yeah. go first. Um, so like like the last category here, we're gonna go kind of pretty quick with this. Um, my first news for me is gonna be pretty huge for me because uh, I love this and um, can't wait. Uh, the Ghost of Tsushima game is getting a, its own movie in the works Ooh. now. So uh, if anybody had played the game, it is a fantastic, uh, beautiful game um, with a great story, and I cannot wait to see that uh, transcended into movie form mm-hmm. um, because I, I think it could work very, very well. Um, the The production company that made the game actually like got a key uh, from uh, Tsushima, Japan, 
or uh, I'm pretty sure it was Japan, like because they did such a great job at adapting the story of what happened in that game. Oh, that's awesome. So it would be great to see that adapt as well into movie form. Yeah. Um, what console is that game on? I've, I kind of want to. It's on PlayStation Five. It might be on PC in the future, okay. but it's or not PlayStation. Uh, it might be on PlayStation Five, Four and Five, PlayStation Four and Five. Okay. I so, do want to play it. I just don't have any yeah. console because I'm a poor boy. Absolutely. So. <laughs> if if I had a copy, I would let you have it. Or yeah. Just like let you play it for a little while. It is a fantastic game, mm-hmm. and hopefully in the future movie. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, so so my, my first bit of news: uh, Godzilla versus Kong smashed the pandemic record. Not that that's saying much. Yeah. But it came in with a sixty million dollar haul its first weekend, which even in a non-pandemic era, is very respectable. That mm-hmm. That's kind of average for, like, a number one film on good weekends. Obviously, there's, uh, you know, weekends in January that don't, the number one only does, like, 18 million. Yeah. But spring, summer, uh, and, and some winter films, uh, 60 million is extremely um, uh, respectable. And it's also the fifth highest grossing Easter weekend uh, box office. Awesome. So, you know... Light at the end of the tunnel here. Absolutely. Movies have proven that they are uh, here to stay, and uh, yeah, mm-hmm. excited for that. And you can't you can't stop a big monster movie like that from being yeah. shown on the, the big screen. Uh, uh, I got I, I just realized I have one extra one, so I don't know how many you have, but okay. I have three well, now. My the my next couple are going to go pretty fast. Okay. Um. So this one we had just talked about Rocky uh, not that long ago and how yeah. disrespectful you are of it. Um, <laughs> I still love it. <laughs> I'm just about to say, but Creed three will not feature Rocky Balboa says Sylvester Stallone. So there's that. Um, yeah, two felt you like they were kind that. of distancing from him. Not yeah. not like in a bad which, way, just like which. Yeah, it's definitely not a bad thing. Um, it would be cool to see him in Creed three, but I mean, I'm not entirely against. You know, they, they kind of wrapped his story up. You know, yeah, he's, exactly. He's with his fa- he's, I mean, spoiler, he's with his family now, or seems to be with his family now, instead of you know playing the boxing game, mm-hmm. being a coach and whatnot. So yeah, there's that. Yeah, uh, my second bit of news, which is the one I just thought of, uh, Warner Brothers has announced that they plan on releasing all films in theaters exclusively for at least 45 days Mm -hmm. in 2022. Uh, What I have to say to that is that should have never been a question in the first place. Never been a question. (laughs) Uh, That should have always been their plan. So the fact that they had to clarify, maybe not so much goes against Warner Brothers, but Mm -hmm. where people's mindset is. Yeah. And uh, I mean, to me, it was kind of obvious that that would happen. Yeah. But it's glad to get confirmation from a company that that is their plan. Mm-hmm. Uh, so that's that. So that that is that is good news for anybody who wants to go see a Warner Brother movie, mm-hmm. for sure. Uh, my next piece of mo- news actually kind of has to deal with Warner Brothers in a little bit. Uh, so I had messaged you like this last week or so. The, the the there's still still news coming out about Joss Whedon and this <laughs> yep. this Justice League stuff. Uh, this time, it was Joss Whedon had reportedly threatened Gal Gadot's career during uh, <laughs> Justice League reshoots, which, uh, holy shit. Yeah. This this man, I don't think, is going to have a career after this. Like, who he knows? shouldn't, like, honestly. Yeah. The um, thing is, like, this isn't surprising to people who pay attention. Yeah. Like, I've I've always known, like, when I, when I first heard that Joss Whedon was taking over 
for uh, Zack Snyder for Justice League. My mm. first thought was, oh, I guess his career isn't dead yet because yeah. things had come out that year, if not a little bit earlier, about similar things. Mm-hmm. And people just ignored it. And so, you know, I've never really liked Joss Whedon. Yeah. Uh, I think everything he's ever made is extremely overrated, like Firefly, Buffy. Uh, per- everything he's made is overrated. Yeah. Um, and honestly, the Avengers got better once they moved away from him. Mm-hmm. So, and that's coming from me. Yeah, that, that <laughs> that's is coming true. from me. So, uh, it, yeah, it's. I, I'm glad he's done. I. Yeah, it's. Uh, I, I hope he doesn't have a career again. It's. It would be amazing if he had. Well, not amazing, but you know what I'm trying to say. Amazing yeah. if he somehow came out of this. You know. Yeah, you I could, think Cabin in the Woods is the only thing of his, uh, that he didn't uh, even direct it, but the yeah, only thing that he yeah it was produced like, that he I produced. Liked. Yeah, um, that I sure. like a lot, at least. Yeah, it's 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 just amazing. It's like a thing to me. Like it's amazing that we're still going with this this Justice League drama. Yeah. <laughs> um, obviously, it should be told. You know, mm-hmm. like people know that this shit's going on. Like yeah. we need we need voice like this. But like, <laughs> I kind of wish there would be more variety instead of just from Justice League. You know, yeah. of all the drama, exactly. uh, more people speaking up about things. But maybe maybe that's the good thing. Maybe there isn't drama in other places. But I sincerely doubt well, there's, that. There's been drama in Buffy, uh, yeah. but that that's that's come out. But it's been quiet compared to Justice League because yeah. that's how Hollywood works, uh, which is dumb. But mm-hmm. you know but what? That's uh, that's yeah. that for me on that. Uh, so my last bit of news is uh, a much more downer for the film industry compared oh, to my wait till, last wait till one. You, wait till you hit me with this downer. Oh, uh, no. Until I hit you with this downer here. Uh, so Arclight Cinemas and Pacific Theaters are shutting down all locations permanently. Uh, they are probably, I think they're the first theater chain to uh, kind of fold from the pandemic. Mm. Uh, this mainly affects the West Coast, the nearest uh, arc light to us is Bethesda, yeah, in Maryland, which is right outside of DC, which I have been to. I saw Song of the Sea there, so it's a little bit sad uh, knowing that the theater I saw Song of the Sea it will be closing down. Yeah, but overall, it shouldn't affect the East Coast too much. For you West Coast people, I'm very sorry, but mm-hmm. a lot of their theaters are beloved theaters, like the Pacific Cinerama Dome in Hollywood. And uh, that will probably that one specifically will most likely be bought by another company. Uh, it's just maybe some of the newer ones won't. But the the old theaters that they owned will most likely uh, be bought out. The historic theaters by mm-hmm. company uh, bigger companies. And if um, they don't, how dare this world? Yeah, you know for a fact that if no one else buys the cinema Cinerama, mm-hmm. Tarantino, uh, Quentin Tarantino yeah, will he's, because. He's- gonna gobble it up yeah i mean it's it's in uh once upon a time in hollywood so we already know he lo- knows he loves the theater oh, absolutely so he'll probably buy it if no one else does mm-hmm. uh but yeah a little bit of downer but you know it we i i expected some theaters to close uh maybe not arc light just because they are primarily la but yeah yeah um they, they are that, overpriced, though. That, that is <laughs> that is very sad news. The ticket I saw, I saw a two D showing of Song of the Sea in Bethesda. Like if this was L A, I would understand, but it was in Bethesda, Maryland, Maryland and it was yeah. it was twenty dollars <laughs> for a two D ticket. And I was like, okay, this is the last time. I did not see it in IMAX. Uh, and the only thing extra that I got is ArcLight. They have someone come in and tell you about the movie beforehand. And I was like, oh. I already did this research, man. You don't need to tell me. <laughs> 
Well, Jesus. <laughs> yeah. Um, anyway, I, I, I like Arclight sim- cinemas, but they are overpriced. Yeah. So. <laughs> Um, and from there, I will uh, move on a little bit from the downer until I hit you with the real, real oh, good God. downer. Uh, Ryan Johnson is going to have immense control over Knives Out two and three. Nice, which which is awesome because he does have a creative mind, and we know what happens when he's uh, a little bit held back mm-hmm. on his uh, movies. Mm-hmm. Star Wars, Star Wars, Star Wars. Uh, so that's really awesome news. Like uh, that's really good to hear. I really like Knives Out. And I can't wait to see the new the new two when uh, they pop up on Netflix. Yeah. Um, after that, we've got Dwayne Johnson's Black Adam movies officially started filming. I don't know if anybody's actually excited for that. Uh, I kind of am. I don't know where it's going to go. Just a lot of hype on it. Yeah. Um, I like Shazam. I don't don't know how they're going to translate that into Shazam, but we'll see. Mm-hmm. Uh, and from that, here comes the big downer: rapper DMX dies at fifty. Okay, not to take away from DMX's death because it mm-hmm. is very sad. I thought you were going to tell me like Regal is closing theaters. Yeah, no. in fact, they're opening so, a shit ton more. I, I know, I know. So, <laughs> rest in peace, DMX. Legitimately, one of the only rappers that I've I've ever liked on a like a regular basis. Like, yeah, I, I'm not a huge. I understand why people like rap it's not my thing but dmx i really liked i'm not gonna claim, sit here and claim that i'm a huge fan of his but he seemed like a good dude and it is very sad yeah it was just the fact that we usually have a death somewhere so we couldn't escape a podcast without <laughs> somebody's death um, but like compared to what i was thinking yeah, because yeah, yeah. <laughs> because i already knew this news it is a relief so. yeah um so D- dmx was it's pretty huge impact for me honestly yeah um, he yeah. was he was one of the he's like actually the first rapper that i was ever really introduced to rap mm-hmm. and he was kind of my gateway rapper which is kind of a weird sentence to say he introduced me to new people new because my dad would always listen to him on car rides when i was younger and uh his his first two uh major albums were just just absolute bangers mm-hmm. a, a child my age probably shouldn't have been listening to it but here we are um so definitely a huge rest in peace to dmx he was a fantastic dude very very religious man which was very cool very cool to see you know yeah. in like such a such a good way just like his high always had high spirits and stuff like and that. A, and a great family man i highly suggest oh, absolutely anyone check out like obviously he had his demons he was always very open about his drug addiction mm-hmm. which was caused by someone tricking him into doing crack yeah uh, which i just found out recently yeah. but there is a, a beautiful video of him and his daughter Probably from twenty years ago. On, I don't know how long. On that slingshot ago. thing. Yeah, on like yeah. one of those slingshot rides you see at. at uh, Daddy's here. You know, yeah. Daddy's here. And it's just beautiful to see how he interacted with yeah, his man. kids, and it's, it's just, you know, such as you gotta really feel for the family because he, you could tell that he loved them, and, mm-hmm. and you know, at, people struggle with with addiction of everything. So it's, to say that he, I, I believe, correct me if I'm wrong, that, that that's how he ended up. Dying is a yeah, drug overdose. He, that it was a drug a, drug overdose that led yeah. to uh, you know, yeah. you know worse things. Like drug addicts are no better than anyone else, or no worse than anyone else. I mean, uh, mm-hmm. they they struggle with things, you know, that most of us would never even experience. So it's yeah. like, it, it's just it's heartbreaking mm-hmm. that that that's how it happened. But he was a. He, I mean, obviously, I didn't know him, but he seemed like a great man. Yeah, definitely seemed like a great man. Was an absolute legend, and we will listen to his music till the end of time. It's just yes. as simple as that. Exactly. 
Because uh, X, X is going to give it to us, and that is my he, last... He will give it to us. He will give it to us. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, that is my last piece of news. All right, uh, so... Ending on a nice little little downer. Yeah, so hopefully our uh, this film will cheer us up a little bit. Let's mm-hmm. get into modern times. Section 5, speed her up, fall 1. Modern Times. The tramp struggles to live in modern industrial society with the help of a young homeless woman. Written directed by Charlie Chaplin. It is starring Charlie Chaplin, Paulette Goddard, Henry Bergman, and Tiny Sanford, as well as many others. Uh, this is from 1936. It is considered the last silent film, like true silent film ever made mm-hmm. um, because it is a silent film. And But it... it it used sync sound, but doesn't have dialogue, and it's the last one that didn't use it ironically or or as an homage. Um, so it's just I, I didn't realize it was going to be silent. Like I, looking at the poster, saw Charlie Chaplin. I thought it was silent. Yeah. But then I saw the year, and I was like, okay, maybe it's not silent because this is well past when talkies started. Mm-hmm. Uh, but it it is a a silent film. Uh, Sync Sound actually came around, I think, 1927, whenever The Jazz Singer came out. That was the first one. But they were still making silent films back then. Yeah, yeah. 1927, Jazz Singer. Uh, they just incorporated Sync Sound to have, you know, sound effects come in as well. And they was used mostly for sound effects. Mm-hmm. So, so to see Charlie Chaplin do that was really fun to see. And it's honestly, I was cracking up during this. Yeah, this, this movie was... Uh... I I cannot I and don't you know you can hold me to this I cannot remember if this is my first Charlie Chaplin movie but I, I, I would assume knowing me that it probably is yeah well, um, um, but I've I've seen Buster Keaton films because you've recommended them to me yeah the General is one of my favorite yeah. silent films but I can't this this movie regardless if I you know this is my first movie or not what a great movie like oh, it's yeah. just so much fun like it really is yeah um. There's there's actually one scene in particular that I had seen before that I didn't know it was gonna be this movie. And it was uh when he's on the roller skates and he's kinda just skating around. Yeah. And then uh he's like going to fall off this uh this this ledge that doesn't have a railing, but he's obviously he doesn't. He just kinda like mm-hmm. zips by it multiple times and then it's like, Oh I had actually seen that scene on like on, on Facebook or YouTube or something of how that scene was done. Oh, Cuz yeah. it it looks real. It does. It is it I, I mean obviously back then no, there were no computers. Yeah. So it was obviously like matte painting was the answer to everything back then. Yeah. Uh they paint a pane of glass uh put it in front between the camera and the 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 performer mm-hmm. and it creates this illusion. Yeah. But a lot of them were obvious that it was a matte painting. This one is incredibly realistic. Yeah, very, very, very realistic. Yeah. And uh, watching it all be like processed and like um, how it was done with the lighting and everything, and just how practical it was, was really, was really awesome to see. And yeah. just then, when that scene popped up, I was like, "Oh, yeah. I saw this before." 
And and the the knowing knowing how it's made too doesn't make it any less impressive. Yeah. Like yes, it takes the danger factor away. Yeah. But it, it's it's still incredibly impressive that he's doing all these moves because um, they they had a wooden beam mm-hmm. uh, to where like the floor would drop off if it were real. Yeah. So he was still having to avoid that the entire time. Yeah. Uh, so so to to get that in in the takes that he got were was incredible Mm -hmm. uh to kind of go back on what you were saying this being your first charlie chaplin film this is my third um this is my second silent film of his Mm -hmm. the first one i watched was the great dictator which is a a great film which is Uh, one that is on my radar that i still want to watch because that speech in that movie is just excellent that one is a talkie so this is the second silent film of his i saw the other one was a a dog's life Mm -hmm. uh which is a beautiful film about uh the tramp and his dog mm-hmm. and it's it's wonderful and uh, um this was probably like the first really popular one of his that i watched other than the great dictator um but it was just it was so much fun you know you, they they have they open with that it's a it's a admittedly a long segment but it's really fun and they continue to do new things on yeah. it with with the um the the assembly line yeah and just, just seeing how much smaller he is than everyone else on yeah, that assembly line. Yeah, everybody's this big burly man, pretty yeah. much, and he's just this little dude. Yeah, and it's it, it's you know he was he was just such a great performer, mm-hmm. uh, physical performer that he, he. I don't think anyone can translate you know thought and emotion into movement as well as he did. Maybe Buster Keaton, but he was more known for. You know, deadpan reactions. His, his stunts too, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Uh, but like, as far as emotion transferring over and in, mm-hmm. in, uh, in translation, Charlie Chaplin's unmatched. Like, yeah, he, he was just so great. And it's it's it's, it's really cool because like, if you've ever worked in a factory, like you're you're getting beaten down. So like, he he really shows that too. Like he'll he'll like show these little ticks that he has cuz he's just been working so hard and doing oh, the yeah. same thing over and over Where again. His muscles just force him yeah. to do the same thing. Just, yeah, he's like a, a, a lady rolls by with a dress that's got buttons on it and he's like he's like tightening these bolts that are on <laughs> these and he just turns to her and just tightens her her mm-hmm. her uh, buttons and it's so funny and then oh, yeah. he, he keeps in like incorporating that. And it's so funny. I, I could never work on an assembly line like that because just watching that scene gave me anxiety. Yeah, it's, so, it's like I, it's I, I could never do it. Yeah, it, well, I I, I kind of did that, but with like packages, it is it is tough because they come at you, especially yeah. like if somebody messes up, like you know, like he was doing in here. That next person that's getting the packages is getting screwed by that guy. So mm-hmm. like, if somebody like misses sorting a package, you know. You you got a double sort now because you got to send that back if it's yeah. like a wrong. It's it's not fun at all, and it really shows. Like they, they paid attention to the details in this thing, even though like they were comedic details and like they were just working. They paid attention to it. It was really cool to see. Yeah. Um, and uh, there was something I was going to say from that, but regardless, you know, it was, it was really really cool to see that that part of it for sure, Definitely. and like how well it incorporated, um, for sure. Yeah. Um. It's also very interesting to see just how much uh, Mr. Bean was inspired by Charlie Chaplin. Like yeah. uh, a lot of the bits, um, including uh, there's a scene, I think it's Mr. Bean goes on holiday. 
Mm-hmm. And uh, he he like lip syncs a song, and at the end of this film, Charlie Chaplin sings a song, which I didn't know he was actually singing. I thought he was lip syncing, but this is actually the first time that we hear the Tramp's voice, which is obviously just Charlie Chaplin's voice. But it was the first time and only time that uh, the Tramp ever spoke or sang or did any mm-hmm. anything. Um, and it was also the this is the last film that his character, the Tramp, was uh, you know part of. Yeah, character. Um, so you could tell while watching it that this was really a way for Chaplin to say goodbye to the character. Yeah. Um, and it, it honestly felt like that, even with walking off in the sunset with uh, uh, Paulette Goddard, um, who w- looks very modern. Like, Yeah, uh, she she looks great. And that was, well, since we're talking about her now, it's, it was freaking me out the whole time because she looks just like a friend of mine. Oh, yeah? And it, it's scary. Like, it, she, you know, my friend's a blonde, though, and she's, and Paulette's a brunette. Yeah. That, like, that was, that was, like, the scariest thing. I, yeah. I, I need to text her and be like, you need to watch my times, because, <laughs> like, this chick looks just like you, you know, except for she's, like, 100 years older than you, but still. Well, <laughs> but you, 70, mean, but back whatever. Back then, the, the makeup style and the hairstyle was so flamboyant and, mm-hmm. and, and uh, you know, kind of in your face that usually when you watch old movies they don't look like real people yeah but in this like her makeup and hair is so toned down and in a way it's kind of uh, modern styles Uh, you know obviously i think modern styles obviously go back in time every few decades and and rehash uh old styles but like in some of her close-up especially when she is uh, homeless and not with Charlie Chaplin before they really meet. Mm-hmm. She like if you told me that this was a twenty something year old person from today, I'd believe you because it, it's there's just nothing about her other than the fact that I know I'm watching a film from 1936 mm-hmm. that screams 1936. Yeah, and that might sound d- dumb to some people, but if you really watch some older films, it's very obvious. Even in like the the features people just had slightly different features back then uh, yeah everybody's everybody's had that that look you know yeah and uh, exactly. i think i think what made that seem like it was more modern at least the character's look was because she might have been you know poor yeah like she, I, I i fully yeah, yeah. chalk it up to that yeah, yeah for sure it's it's like that's that's like it's insane that uh we take we take style from poor people from the 30s <laughs> yeah hey i mean we look fucking good, though. <laughs> yeah, style nowadays is about comfort, not so much looking yeah. good. Which, honestly, if I had to live in a world where I had to wear a suit every day, I'd, I'd you know, yeah, I'd, I'd be I'm thinking okay of ending with maybe over. I'm a thinking weekend. of ending things, not the movie, not Am the I movie. Right? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I'd be cool with doing it over like a weekend, but like you catching me every day at every my, day, my desk no. with a suit on, like. Uh, Sorry I su- I sweat when I sit at my computer for too long. Like, mm-hmm. <laughs> um, but yeah, this this had so like this feels like, and in it definitely flows well. But it kind of feels like three or four short films mm-hmm. thrown together, just just because the the segments are so different. But you know, it, it completes the narrative. Uh, obviously, he goes to prison at one part. Uh, they straight up are doing cocaine yep. in the prison. Uh, obviously, Charlie Chaplin doesn't do it on purpose, but mm-hmm. the, the fact that that one guy just had cocaine in prison—I'm sure, I'm sure prisoners have cocaine all the time. Oh, absolutely! It, it was just kind of funny that you know they would have something 
so risque for the 30s like you think yeah. of the 30s as being like so stuck up and mm-hmm. um well, they had they had any. like cocaine gum and everything in the when the you know those western movies were taking place maybe they yeah. were just like you know let's keep it but on yeah. our noses oh <laughs> uh, man but um yeah i had a lot of fun with this uh what was your favorite segment of this uh that's that's actually really a, like a tough answer because uh or the question because uh it would probably have to be that roller skating thing just because I know yeah. how it was done and how cool it was to do or like see. Um, but I mean, they had like a lot of fun in the beginning assembly line. Um, mm-hmm. Even just the small gags of like uh, the chick on um, um, Paulette got a like a little shack house. Like just it looks like a just run down shed. Yeah. And when they're eating you know, dinner together and she like is cutting like slices of bread, but she made them too thick. And like, then like they sit at like at the table and he just falls through the floor. (laughs) It's just little things like that. It's, it's the whole movie. It's, it's really tough to know like a favorite gag, but it probably because I know how it was done. It was probably the roller skating one for sure. I I would have to say it's probably a tie between that one. Mm -hmm. And, uh, when he's trying to deliver the roast duck, yeah <laughs> when there's a crowd dancing like that yep. was just so funny it, uh one of my favorite films i f- believe i made you watch it you might not be as crazy about it as i am but uh the court jester mm-hmm. um that where there's a scene where the jester gets stuck uh with a bunch of knights who were doing like this s- stomping ritual yeah and it kind of reminded me of that where he just keeps getting stuck and like he gets close <laughs> to the table but then the current of the the crowd pushes him another way yeah and it's it, it was just so satisfying to watch and just you know and then the be, duck gets rolling. stuck on a lamp <laughs> <laughs> oh, yeah and, and then there's the football team that is drunk so they think it's a football yeah just, just a whole bunch of really stupid shit happening. yeah it's, it's it's this movie knew what it was and it oh, had yeah. fun with the things it was doing yeah. so it was <laughs> just a lot of fun but and i think another one which honestly i forgot about i'm scrolling through stills of the film mm-hmm. but when he is the uh guinea pig for the machine that feeds you yeah <laughs> it's just the corn machine that keeps going I yeah, was that, dying. That was a think. great one too. Oh yeah, I, I was worried for his teeth. That's what I'm saying. I, I don't know how his teeth didn't break yeah. apart. I mean, there's that or was his a mustache trend. didn't get shaved off. Yeah. somehow that was that was a trend not too long ago. Yeah, like a, uh, where people would put corn on cob on a drill, and then like so many people broke their teeth. Yeah. Um, but it's just such a fun film, and doesn't it, take itself too seriously. And, and like that scene specifically shows like just how dedicated he is to a skit. And yeah. it, it it's really awesome because like he he went all out and that thing was rubbing up for for most people today they'd probably like, just just get it off my face now yeah please but yeah. yeah he was he was definitely dedicated and like back then you couldn't you couldn't really take like you know cuts that often so he he rolled with it regardless probably how either painful or whatever it was <laughs> yeah um one fun fact about this is that this film kind of got him into a little bit of trouble oh. because uh, the government thought it was a pro unions and pro communism. Oh yeah, I could I could guess that actually. Which is like a huge stretch. Mm-hmm. Just I mean, like he he accidentally partakes in a protest for mm-hmm. union rights, and then the rest of it is just him trying to find a job. Yeah, which is like. Kind of what capitalists want, so I don't, I don't see it's a stretch by any means, but mm-hmm. I just think it's kind of funny. Yeah, um, 
but it's, it's still incredibly fun to watch. Uh, has slight commentary on corporate America, mm-hmm. but also has fun with it. Kind of makes it um, inoffensive to people on both sides of the aisle, if, if you ask me. Yeah. Uh, um, but I, I really enjoyed it. Yeah, I really loved. Uh, this is more or less the last thing I kind of have to say about this. I really yeah. loved the chemistry that uh, Charlie Chaplin and Paula uh, Goddard had together. Oh, yeah. Well, um, they were actually married. I don't well, know. If, it makes I don't, sense now. Yeah, <laughs> I don't know if they met on the set of this, but they were married around this time. So. Yeah, because she was given just as much um, energy in this movie as he was. Absolutely, and, and it really showed, and just really just showed how great how she or uh, great she was as well. Yeah, um, which was really cool. Speed four seven. Back. Section five. More speed. Four, yeah, definitely. Seven. Yeah. Um. So yeah, that that kind of does it for our review. So, Glenjamin Button. Hmm. Now comes the time, and we haven't done this for a while, so I'm kind of rusty in what to say. Feels now weird. comes the time to decide whether or not Modern Times becomes a Keystone shelf review film review shelf boy shelf boy shelf boy that's what it is uh so this was my pick so i'm gonna go first will it become a shelf boy like the likes of apostle and handmaiden uh i think we kind of summed it up on that yeah (laughs) it is it's just a really fun film uh one of the last silent films historically relevant uh still funny to this day like it's timeless uh with with it's you know, telling of a story and physical comedy and all that. Uh, so I am going to have to say, yes, it absolutely is deserving of the shelf. All right. Well, it's, you know, hard to compete with that when uh, I was also going to say yes. Well, there uh, we it's go. It's really tough. <laughs> yeah. So Modern Times makes it under the shelf with the likes of Apostle and Handmaiden. That brings us to our plugs for this week. Uh, my plug, oh. uh, for those of you who don't know, We've kind of been obnoxious with this, so I hope some of you do know. Mm -hmm. Uh, But we had our very first annual Stony Awards. uh, Oh, you would be selfish and plug that. Yeah. Disgusting. So last week's episode of the podcast was the audio version of that. There is also a video version on YouTube of the awards ceremony. I spent a lot of time in editing this and mm-hmm. I would really appreciate if people watch it because honestly, there's a lot of visual gags in there. It's kind I, of a masterpiece. Yeah, I I didn't want to say that, but yes, it's uh, I'm allowed it's, to. So it's it's really it is <laughs> it is very fun. So that is the first annual Keystone Film Review Stony Awards ceremony on our YouTube channel mm-hmm. and there will be more where that came from next year. Awards What are they? Who are they for? Can anyone give an award out? The answer to all of these questions is yes. We at Keystone Film Review have decided to give out our own awards this year. A totally 100% gold award that is not at all made of plastic. Ladies and gentlemen, it's the time that you have been waiting for. The first annual Keystone Film Review Stony Awards! TM. 
Also, please forgive the quality of the first half of our broadcast. The Academy Awards found out about us and tried to sabotage us. It's not at all an embarrassing gap by a resident filmmaker. Come on, Mike, get your shit together. Right. Um, well, I'm not going to be as selfish, so, you know, hold your pants. Uh, okay. Let's see. Where is my plug, actually? Actually, there it is. Uh, on YouTube, uh, mm. under the account of Keystone Film Review, there is a first annual award show. These guys oh. went all out. I don't know oh, how wow. they did it. That's exactly right. I'm doing it, too. I'm being selfish, baby. <laughs> the same thing as Mike just plugged. Let's go, baby. <laughs> Papa Hicks said that it definitely exists. It definitely so, exists. That if, you know, that's that's high honors from, from such a man. <laughs> <laughs> we live by his word, for sure. Yes, we do. And our next category is, I believe, and I could be cor- incorrect, mm-hmm. my, my dad, Papa Hicks's oh. favorite category, oh. best sci-fi film. Interesting. You know, yeah. sometimes fi needs to be a little sci. <laughs> I'm sighing really right does. now. <laughs> and the nominees are so those are that is our plug for for this week just check it out we'd really appreciate it we put a lot of work into it mostly mike uh, but mostly me but you you did put some work into it and It was fun to get together and do, and I can't mm-hmm. wait to do one next year, so check that out. Absolutely. Uh, that brings us for our assignment for next week. Glenjamin Bunn, what oh. is our assignment for next week? All right. It was very, very tough. I was kind of, we haven't been on Hulu in a little bit, so I was just, you know, scavenging through mm-hmm. uh, Hulu. Everything that I came across, you had basically already seen before. I'm like, God. I'm sorry. This I'm man obsessed. is so beautiful. How can I stop him? <laughs> um, but luckily, I kind of came across one that I did want to watch and that you at least, uh, you know, didn't see uh, as far as Letterbox tells. Okay. Um, and that is The Color Purple. Oh, yes. yeah, I've, I've been wanting to watch this for a while. It's actually in my Netflix DVD queue. Mm-hmm. So I guess I'll remove it. The Color Purple. An American story for the whole world. It's about life, it's about love, it's about us. You will always remember, Mr. Shug. Old Mr. Nettie. Harple. Squeak. Sophia and Seeley. You will never forget the color purple. So, the color purple. A black southern woman struggles to find her identity after suffering abuse from her father and others over four decades. Um, yes. This is obviously this is a huge film. Um, I'm pr- actually pretty sure I 
saw, I think Quincy Jones actually kind of did the score for it. That's kind of how I found out a little bit more about mm-hmm. it uh, recently. But it's directed by Steven Spielberg, uh, written by Meno Mejes. I don't know if I said that right. I'm sorry if I didn't. Uh, the novel was uh, from Alice Walker. It stars Danny Glover, Whoopi Goldberg, Oprah Winfrey, uh, Margaret Avery, uh, Willard E. Pugh. There's, there's a bunch of people in this movie. Mm-hmm. Um, definitely, I definitely wanted to watch this at some point in my life, and here we are now. Yes. And that, that point is now. That point is now. And that is, uh, by the way, it's going to be on Hulu. Hulu. And there was one more. It's also on HBO Max. I don't know how many people out there actually have it, but uh, I do yeah. not. Nor do I. Uh, I just removed it from my DVD queue for Ooh, Netflix. So There you go. Yeah, we'll check that out. That is The Color Purple on Hulu. That is our assignment for next week. All Thank right. you, everybody, for listening. As always, you can check out our website, www.keystonefilmreview.com. On Instagram, we are keystone underscore film underscore review. You, Twitter, almost skipped Twitter. Keystone mm. underscore film. Facebook, Keystone Film Review. YouTube, Keystone Film Review. And on Letterboxd. I am Mike KFR. And I am Glenn KFR. And that will do it until next week when we watch The Color Purple. Goodbye, everybody. Bye-bye.